This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you in part by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Happy to have you with us on this Thursday, April 8th. And as we have been doing all week, we're featuring different schools. We're talking draft prospects from the different schools from around the country. And we've had a busy week so far, and it's we've still got a couple more schools to go. Today, we're going to do LSU. Tomorrow, we've got Michigan on, on deck. Um, and for LSU, I'm pleased to welcome in my colleague over at the Lock on LSU podcast. He's also the host of ESPN Baton Rouge. His name is Matt Moscona. Matt, thank you so much for the time today. Hey, Patricia, great to chat again. How are you? I'm doing well, getting close to the draft now. Always an exciting time, not just for the NFL, but for the college teams as well. Yeah, this is obviously a huge recruiting tool that colleges use whenever they, they have success in the draft, something they could sell to high school recruits that they can be the, the program that gets you to the next level. And obviously for fans, it's big as well to see the guys that they cheered for for three or four years going to the next level. And Last year was a record-breaking year for LSU with all the, with Joe Burrow for the first pick and five first-rounders for LSU. Might not be as heavy a draft this year for the Tigers, but still some really, really interesting prospects that, that should go high in this draft. Indeed, and several prospects that I could see potentially drawing the Giants' eye, and we'll get to those over the course of the show. But Matt, let's start off first with an overview. LSU had its pro day recently. Who helped their stock? Who didn't? And and who kind of surprised you? The guy who had to help his stock the most is Jacoby Stevens. Uh, Stevens came to LSU as a five-star and was kind of a man without a position. He was a safety. They tried him at receiver to get him on the field early. He was a little back and forth. Uh, They played him in the box close to the line, almost as an outside linebacker. They played him back as a free safety. but when he went and athletically did what he did, you know, jumping 41 inches in the vertical and running a sub-4, you know, sub 5, 40, uh, he proved, I think, to a lot of NFL teams that at his size, he can be a versatile defensive player. I think Stevens has to be the guy that helped himself the most. Um, I'm not sure that there was – if there was one surprise, I would tell you it was probably Racy McMath. Racy McMath ran a 4-3-4 in the 40. He's a receiver not many know about, but that's a guy – Patricia, who's a potential day three draft pick who might be the fourth or fifth receiver on a team, but that absolutely makes his living in special teams in the NFL. All right. Interesting. And of course, there are several, you know, speaking of receivers, although the Giants added Kenny Galladay from the Lions, Mm -hmm. they also signed John Ross to a one-year deal formerly with the Bengals. There are a few receivers on the, uh, on the Tigers that, might draw some interest for if the Giants feel the need to further add to that receiver group. And, of course, I'm speaking of Jamar Chase, 
who is projected to go in the first round, early in the first round, and Terrence Marshall Jr., who I think I've seen projected to go in day two. Give us the, the lowdown on both of those guys. So Jamar is very likely going to be the first receiver off the board. And I know there's a lot of different mock drafts that have projected him to you know, p- potentially to Atlanta or maybe to, to Cincinnati. Uh, Jamar is, and you don't often say this with receivers, but he is as close to a, a can't miss as you'll find. Uh, he is 6'1". He's a, in that 200 to 205 range. Uh, he also jumped 41 inches, ran a four three eight forty, I believe. He can fly. He's got big hands. He's a physical receiver. He gets into and out of cuts. Uh, he was playing as a 19-year-old in 2019, owning first-round draft picks from Clemson and Alabama when he won the Blitnikoff as the best receiver in college football. Uh, he did opt out this past season, so he did not play uh, amid the COVID season. So that was something that maybe, as Devontae Smith had his giant year, that maybe some might think would hurt Jamar sort of out of sight, out of mind. But then he went and did what he did at Pro Day, and you put on the film, and it's just obvious. He's he's a great kid from a great family, and he will be a special player provided he stays healthy at the next level. You asked about Terrace Marshall. Um, he's interesting because Terrace came to LSU as a five-star, and he is your prototypical you know, six three, big bodied wide receiver who also ran a sub four four forty. Um, but he was on a team with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. So even though Terrace Marshall was putting up giant numbers, he was just overshadowed by Jefferson, who was a first round pick, and Chase, who's going to be a first round pick. But Terrace Marshall is probably a late first round guy. Um, he is absolutely capable of being any NFL team's number one receiver. He just had the misfortune of being on a team with two other guys who are going to be high first round draft picks. So do you see him as more of a, of a second rounder where he's projected or, or whereabouts do you anticipate he might be falling on teams draft boards? So most mock drafts I've seen Patricia actually have Terrace Marshall going to Baltimore late round one. And I think if you give if you give a guy like Lamar Jackson that threat on the outside, obviously that just continues to boost that team who's maybe getting a little long in the tooth at, at that uh, at that receiver position. So I, I think Marshall has a great opportunity of being a late round one guy, but if he does fall into round two, it's so hard to imagine him going beyond pick you know, say 40, the first 10 picks of round two, he's, if he does slip into round two, that's an, just an immense value. But if I'm a, if I'm a team drafting and I know that you have the fifth round option for first round picks, that's the kind of guy late in round one, where you get him on a, on a rookie deal, a late round one deal for five years and understanding he's a guy that very likely develops into a premier number one receiver for a team. I mean, it's just, he's got that potential, Patricia. It's just, like I said, he was behind Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, and Jefferson just broke Randy Moss's rookie receiving record. So, and Chase is going to be you know, probably a, a top five pick. So um, he's, he's a fantastic talent, and someone's going get to a, get a great pick with him probably late in round one. And then you mentioned McMath. Is McMath more of a slot receiver, or is he more of an outside guy? So he played both at LSU, um, but, but, and he's got the size. 
as you're seeing bigger slot receivers now in today's NFL, but he absolutely has the wheels as he showed to, to play outside. But again, that's a guy who very likely will make his, his presence felt on, on special teams as a guy that probably won't ever be anybody's, you know, one or two, uh, but could provide depth at receiver, but another big body kid, they, it's it's interesting, Patricia, because Racy McMath's from a small town in Louisiana, and this is in in our state. We produce amazing skill talent. Uh, you know, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, the guy, and Terrace Marshall, the guys I just mentioned, are all Louisiana kids. Um, Louisiana hasn't always produced great offensive linemen or quarterbacks, but skill guys, defensive backs, defensive linemen, that's really been sort of a honey hole here in Louisiana. So, I mean. You come watch these guys run receiver drills at LSU, and you just see freakish talent all over the field. Guys just don't always get a great opportunity because you don't always see four and five receiver sets. And if you become the fourth or fifth receiver at a place like LSU, you just don't get reps. So Racy's a guy that's probably a day three guy. I think he will get picked because of his speed, but he's probably a guy that makes his career for a long time in the NFL and special teams. And then another aspect of playing receiver that we don't really talk about as much, but which is just as important, is blocking. Which of those mm-hmm. receivers do you think is the best blocker at this point? Uh, probably, you know, I would probably tell you that it's Racy. Um, he's a big physical kid, and and the reason is because I would say they didn't ask those guys to do that. Those those frontline guys to do that in the offense. So LSU, it, it's really interesting. Under less miles for a decade, LSU was a ground and pound, three yards in a cloud of dust. Rarely did you would you ever see trips formations, and receivers were amazing at blocking. Guys like Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, who've gone on to have great and starts their NFL careers, they were great blockers in college as well because that's just what LSU required them to do. When LSU switched their offense and had the great season in 2019. They went to basketball and grass. They went to four and five wide. They went to empty sets, and they just slung it around the yard. And that part of the game wasn't as integral a part of what LSU was doing. Um, they asked their backs and receivers to block. They asked their tight ends to block. But out on the perimeter, you just didn't see that much. Jamar Chase is a very physical kid. Now, like it will not surprise me at all if someone asked him to put his nose down and go, go throw a block that he'd give up his body. But it's just not something that they were asked to do a ton. With the ever-increasing number of auto makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait for the counterperson to order the parts on a computer, usually choosing the brands that the store happens to prefer? Instead, take your search for your auto parts to rockauto.com. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for all your auto parts and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpeting. Whether it's for your classic or daily drive, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low 
and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. rockauto.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trainer, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350-plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big 50 New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment two of Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and we are covering LSU, Louisiana State University. We're looking at their draft prospects with Matt Moscona. And before we get back to our conversation with Matt, you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast with the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And before we get back to Matt, I just wanted to let everybody know, um, some of you have wrote to me, you wanted to know, Pat, when are you going to have Nick Filato back on the show? Well, good news, folks. Nick Filato will be joining us on Monday. We're going to have, uh, we're going to do a fun exercise. We're going to do kind of a, a, I think, a three to four round Giants mock draft. It's going to be Nick and I. We're going to square off. We're going to see who we like on the board and just do a mock draft exercise and try to justify it. So we're going to, you know, that's the plan for Monday. And then, of course, we'll see. Um, I'm working to get some new hosts on for the rest of the week. And, of course, we'll break if we have anything, you know, any breaking news or anything that we have to cover. But that is the plan for next week on the Locked on Giants podcast. And, of course, tomorrow we're going to have the University of Michigan. So we're covering that school on Friday. And I can't wait for you to hear that show. All right. Let's get back to LSU and Matt. Let's flip over to the defense because the LSU has a player in particular I have had mocked to the Giants that I want to talk about. And I think you probably might know who I'm talking about, Tyler Shelvin, the defensive tackle. So Tyler Shelvin is a is going to be a fascinating case in the NFL, Patricia. Um, when he, he was the number one player in Louisiana when he signed with LSU, um, it took him a while to get on the field because he did not qualify academically his first season. And then he had weight issues and he has had weight issues his entire time in Baton Rouge. When he first got on campus, he was pushing near 400 pounds. Um, he got himself in shape and for the in shape, that's a relative term, but for the bulk of his career, he played in the 350 range. Most scouts that that I've spoken to about Tyler say that his ideal weight would be in that 330 range. 
Tyler's another guy that opted out this season. And when he did, he was around 380. At pro day, he weighed in around 350, 355. So he had lost about 25 to 30 pounds during the season in advance of pro day. But when you're pushing 380, 30 pounds just isn't going to be as significant as a guy that goes from 230 to 200 or 180 to 150, obviously. That's the big question. When Tyler Shelvin is right, when he is physically right, when he is in shape and motivated, he is a monster. For a guy as big as he is, he has great athleticism, and he is a dominant interior player. And he was for the bulk of the 2019 season for LSU. The question that whoever drafts him is going to have is going to be, can you keep him in shape? Because he's the kind of guy that could very well eat himself out of the league if he does not go to the, a place that is going to keep him motivated and focused on staying in shape. It, it's, going to be, it's going to have to be a team with great culture, with great locker room leadership, with a great, with a great front office where somebody can hold him accountable. Because to this point in his, in his young life, He's not done it to himself. He's again, he's a dominant player, but he's got to keep himself in shape. And that's going to be his, his, that will be his single biggest challenge is what is that number on the scale? And do you think because of that, that might cause his draft stock to tumble a little bit? Absolutely. I think someone's going to, is going to bet on the potential with Tyler Sheldon, but you know, Patricia, when you would look at these sort of way too early mock drafts, in, in 2019 when he was having that great season, I mean, you would see Tyler Shelvin's name in round one because he is, he is that kind of talent. It is, it, the issue with Tyler is singular. It's just, can you keep him in shape? Um, and I think if, if I'm an NFL, an NFL front office, I'm an executive, and I'm looking at Tyler Shelvin, I have to be convinced through that interview process because you put on the tape, the tape don't lie. He, he can flat out play, but it's going to take the right organization that feels like that culturally you can get him in and get him motivated and accountable and keep him in shape. And if you can, you're going to have a hell of a player. Um, but if you can't, it's, it's a guy that could eat himself out of the league. And I do think that's the kind of thing that will cause him to probably fall into round two or, or a, a day two pick for sure. Interesting, because uh, that was one of the things that popped up on the scouting review that we did. Um, it, it was the weight issue. And, and you mentioned three thir around 330 is a good weight for him. I mean, is is that more, I guess, of a I guess that would be more of a health thing than it is in terms of power. In other words, he doesn't lose, obviously, much power if he goes from 380 to, say, a lower weight. At his pro day last week, he was in the 350 range, so he had lost about 30 pounds. Um, but he's got more to go. I mean, he could play – to your point, though, to, to answer your question, it's just about the ability to move and the ability to, to play more defensive snaps. I mean, if you're running around there at 350, 360, and he can only give you 15 snaps a game, that's – it's just not enough for the investment you'd make in a top two-round pick, you know, a top 60 pick in the draft. So. It's the onus is on him, Patricia. He's you can tell he for me, he's the most fascinating guy in this draft from LSU because he has literal boom or bust potential in this draft because he he could become 
one of the most dominant interior players in the NFL. He has all the physical ability, strength that you would, that you need from that player. But he could also be a guy that in two years is out of the league because he can't keep himself in shape. Well, hopefully, he, for the sake for his sake, he's able to, you know, keep himself in the shape that he needs to be in, and that he makes an impact someplace. Um, sounds like that might be a guy that, and and the Giants have a strong locker room. Don't get me wrong; they hold each other accountable, but. You just wonder for the investment, like you said, it could be a slippery slope there, but uh, still a very talented player on tape for sure. Now there's another guy, a cornerback, uh, Kari Vincent Jr. Mm-hmm. Who um, he, I'm trying to remember his size. Is he? He's around 5'11". Five 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 okay. He's another guy that opted out this season, um, which is pretty common around college football as we saw this year. But Kari's interesting because he um, – took a look at, at going into the draft a year ago, decided to come back. The pandemic obviously hit, and then he opted out. Kerry's dad played in the NFL. Uh, he is a track star, so he has a brand track at LSU. He is an elite track athlete, so he's got world-class speed. And the really interesting thing about Kerry is he's played boundary corner, he's played nickel, and he's played some safety at LSU. So he's one of those guys that – is probably a day three pick that is going to that is going to stick around the NFL for for a decade because he can do so many things. He, he doesn't have the size that you'd necessarily want from a number one boundary corner. Um, he's not necessarily that lockdown guy, but if you ask him to play different zone concepts or get in the slot and and run with a with a, a running back or if you need him to, to play your, your deep middle, he can do that for you. And he can play special teams. He's, he's the, the very versatile guy that, I mean, like we cover the Saints here. I would compare him to, to P.J. Williams. P.J. Williams was a fifth-round pick of the Saints who came out of Florida State. I, I don't like P.J. Williams whenever he's got to play on the boundary, but if there's an injury, they'd kick him there. But we see him in a lot of nickel and dime packages, and he's great in that role covering space because he's athletic enough to do it. That, that's Kerry Vincent. I, I don't know that he'll ever be a superstar in this league, but he's a guy that will play in this league for a very long time because he's so versatile. You are listening to Locked on Giants with Patricia Trena and special guest Matt Moscana. He is the host of Locked on LSU. He also has a, a radio show on ESPN down in the Baton Rouge area. We are going to take our final break, and when we come back, some more intel from Matt on the LSU draft prospects, so please stay with us. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your sportsbook expert. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and we are covering LSU's draft prospects. With Matt Moscona, 
And he is the host of the Locked on LSU podcast. He is also the host of ESPN Baton Rouge, has a a sports radio show on that station. Really good source of information for not only LSU, but for the New Orleans Saints, if you're a fan of that team, and uh, all the Louisiana area sporting events. So check them out if you get a chance. And before we get back to our discussion with Matt, the NFL draft is just weeks away. And it's time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft Duo. The Draft Dudes podcast watches every prospect so that you don't have to. And the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And let's now get back to our conversation with Matt Moscona. And Matt, I I just want to look at a big picture now in this final segment with you, you know, you mentioned several guys opted out at LSU because of COVID concerns. And I know every school has done different programs to help those that have opted out either stay in shape or, you know, keep their football skills sharp and whatnot. Can you tell us what was done down in LSU? Was there any support given to these athletes who did decide to opt out? So that was kind of a big point of contention. A a lot of fans looked at guys that opted out and said, well, they quit on their team. Why would you continue to embrace these guys? But LSU kept their locker room and their weight room open to all of those players if they wanted to come work out. But it is important to remember, Patricia, that during the COVID season, like it was in the NFL where you had all the different COVID protocols, nobody had just open access to come and go as they wanted. If guys wanted to work out, they came through in different sessions at certain times of the day to have access to the to the facilities. So these guys did have access to LSU if they wanted to work out. Uh, But with COVID, it was very um, it was very difficult. It was very difficult for the current players, you know, to obviously have uh, have those structures and systems in place as it was in the NFL. So I. I wish I had a better answer, but you just didn't see much of it. A lot of guys chose to, to leave, like Jamar Chase and Tyler Sheldon, went and worked out at different training facilities around the country. And you just didn't see many of those guys around campus this year, in large part because of all the COVID restrictions. Do you think that the COVID pandemic maybe um, – how, how can I put this? That, it, that maybe guys that – ordinarily would have come out in the draft this year, maybe because of the pandemic and the effect it had on the season and the workouts and everything. Are you surprised that there are some guys that maybe decided to return to school that maybe you were anticipating would be in this year's draft or really you know, no surprises there? Oh, no, that's, I think that for next year's draft, I think you were going to see, a, an enormous amount of senior players in the draft because so many guys decided to return to school. I'll give you an example. LSU is returning 20 of their 22 starters. They only lost two starting players that, that actually played this season. A lot of the guys we've talked about were opt-outs, like Sheldon and Chase and Gary Vincent. LSU only lost two starting players, Jabril Cox, and a linebacker, and, uh, and Jacoby Stevens, um, the, the safety we talked about. There are at least a half a dozen guys that made the decision to come back that I thought were going to enter this year's NFL draft. So you're going to have, you're seeing it right now. And 
this is going to be obscure, but in college baseball, what happened with their season being canceled last year, tons of college baseball seniors, were, they were all given a free year. So many came back. And so you have a very veteran year of baseball this year. So this upcoming baseball draft this summer, you have a lot more veteran guys. The same is going to be true for next year's NFL draft because so many guys are taking advantage of the free COVID year to play another year in college. And so next year's NFL draft, I think, is going to be far more veteran. And LSU is is one of those schools. I, I, I mean, I thought a guy like an offensive lineman like Ed Ingram, who's a, a total mauler, would be in this year's draft. He came back to school. LSU's got a four-year starter at right tackle in Austin Deculus, who's coming back for a fifth year. Normally, that guy would never be back at LSU for a fifth season. But a lot of guys are, are taking advantage of that opportunity. LSU's got three senior defensive linemen that all made the decision to come back for another year that we all anticipated were going to be in this year's draft. So, yes, I mean, it's a, it's a great point and a great, a very astute question because that is, you're not going to feel it as much in this draft, but next year's draft, you are going to have an abundance of senior and veteran players in the draft and guys who decided to come back and play another year in college. Yeah, because, you know, I'm looking at the list of, of draft prospects and I'm saying to myself, gosh, this is kind of a light list for LSU. They usually have, you know, close right. to a dozen players and, and I don't think they have, what do they have? Let's see, three, four, five, six, seven, seven guys. So I, if you had asked me before this season, how many players LSU would have drafted in this draft, I would have told you in the range of 10 to 12 players would be taken from LSU in this draft. Now, quick math in my head, I think you probably get six guys, probably half that number drafted in this, in this draft. So it wow. just, it, it, it means LSU is going to have a very veteran team in 2021 and you're going to just going to have a, a gigantic draft class from LSU next year. All right, Matt, final question for you. The Giants could use some more depth at receiver. They can use some more depth at linebacker. They definitely need depth along the defensive line, cornerback. Um, they probably could use another safety to back up some of the guys that they have on the team. If you had to pick one player from LSU that has Giants written all over him that you think would be an ideal fit for that locker room based on position, based on need, based on talent, who would you pick and why? Well, I'm a guy that when I look at the draft, Patricia, I tend to always look at value. Uh, I'm one a guy that I know. I mean, if you have the superstar potential, obviously Jamar Chase is a guy that's a no-brainer for anybody. And if you give Daniel Jones, Jamar Chase as a – as a weapon, if he's on the board when the Giants pick, I think that that's a no-brainer, can't miss. Um, the guy, and it's a guy we've talked about, that I think has amazing potential because he is what the NFL defensively is becoming is Jacoby Stevens. If you can snag Jacoby Stevens, especially if you can snag him in round three, that's a steal because he's a guy that is becoming what – these hybrid players in the NFL are looking like Isaiah Simmons from Clemson who went to the Cardinals. He he's that type of player. He's, he's not Isaiah Simmons. Don't misunderstand. He's not a top 15 pick in the draft, but he's that type of guy who is athletic enough to play safety with the cover skills. Who's big and physical enough to play in the box and rush the passer and, you know, run down running backs and stretch plays and cover a tight end coming out of the backfield. That's the guy who I think people aren't talking about 
that's going to be a day two pick that five years from now people are going, how did we miss on that guy early in the draft? Jacoby Stevens is the guy I would give you. All right. So there you have it. Jacoby Stevens, the safety defensive back. Um, and, and listen, you know, in the NFL where it's a passing league, you can never have too many defensive backs, especially cornerbacks and guys who are versatile. Great stuff, Matt. Before we sign off, just let everybody know where they can find you on the radio, where they can find you on social media and so forth. Well, if you can spell my last name, you can find me on any social media platform. Uh, there's a lot of vowels in there, but uh, it's Matt Moscona, at Matt Moscona, M-O-S-C-O-N-A. And I'm there on Twitter and, and uh, Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn and, and TikTok. It's, I'm all over it. And then uh, my show here is uh, syndicated in Baton Rouge. So uh, it's 1045ESPN.com uh, is our, our Baton Rouge um, affiliate. It's good uh, base to find us there on YouTube or anywhere. But basically, if you can spell my, my name and you've got an internet connection, you can find me. All right. And again, that's M-O-S-C-O-N-A. A nice Italian name. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> All right, Matt. Listen, again, appreciate your time. And if the Giants do pick up any of the LSU players, we'll probably invite you back on to uh, to give us even more detail how they fit and just kind of you know, do like a little crossover show, another crossover show, which is what we kind of did today. So appreciate the time. Giant fans, appreciate you again. Tune in tomorrow. We've got one more uh, program for the week, and that is going to be the University of Michigan. Hope you've been enjoying it. For Matt Moscona, I am Patricia Trana. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you again soon.